Hi, I'm City of Ryde Councillor Penny Pedersen. Thank you for joining me and tuning in to the Make a Stand Against Abuse podcast series. In this podcast series, we're going to learn about domestic violence and abuse, hear the experiences of survivors and find out more about domestic and family abuse support services. Most importantly, we'll learn what we can do to find help for ourselves, family, friends and community members who are experiencing abuse. Hello and welcome to Stories of Resilience, Make a Stand. This is Tasnia and today I'm with Chanta, Officers Natalie Smith and James Douglas. Perfect. So how are we all doing today? And tell me a little bit more about what you guys do because I'm actually really curious. Hello, good morning. I'm, my name is Chantha. I'm the Multicultural Community Liaison Officer. Hi, I'm James. Um, I perform the backup role of the Domestic Violence Officer um, at RIDE. Hi, I'm Natalie. I'm a domestic violence officer. So my role is to review um, domestic violence incidents that had occurred either the night before or over the weekend. And if there's anyone outstanding or um, anyone needs to be (coughs) arrested, we go out and do that as part of the DV team. We also do um, ADVO compliance checks. Um, So within the command, whoever has an AVO, we go and check that everyone's um, complying with that AVO and um, everyone's safe. And if there's any breaches, then we we'll arrest the offender and and have that dealt with. Um, I also would attend court on Thursdays um, with the DVLO and assist speaking to defendants and victims because sometimes the victims may want conditions varied on their AVO, so we we negotiate. And help the, support the victim there. Yeah, well, you've mentioned a lot of services. So you've mentioned AVOs, domestic violence orders and all of these things. Um, yeah. To someone who doesn't really know much about is. it, yeah, yeah, can you tell me a little bit more? Okay, so an um, ADVO stands for Apprehended Domestic Violence Order. If a report's made to police and it's not that serious, then police can apply for a non-urgent AVO, which means that that... Um, they don't deem it urgent, but they think that, you know, some protections may need to be pl- in place for the future. Um, and that's not enforceable until the court decides that that's enforceable. If some something more serious has happened or been reported to police, then um, we can, police can apply for an urgent one. So that would remain, um, that would become enforceable when that is served on the defendant. And depending on the seriousness of the offences disclose that would vary to what um, restrictions we would ask for. So as soon as the victim, the survivor, has reported a situation to the police, what actually happens from there? Once the victim has contacted police, police will attend either the home address or if the victim comes into the station. um, We will ask you obviously what would happen. So let's just take for instance um, the victim comes in and says my partner has assaulted me. We would take a statement uh, from from you, uh, and this is usually done in the form of a DVEC, a Domestic Violence Evidence in Chief, uh, which is a video. Um, and then we ask you some questions in relation to what happened um, about the incident. Obviously, if you're from a multicultural background, we can get interpreters to come in um, to make that process a lot easier. Um, after providing that statement, 
then we can go out and we can actually go and arrest the other party um, and take them the appropriate action as required. And we have specialist officers at all the local police stations. All our officers are trained to deal with domestic violence, all, not just specialist officers, right? So that's the other thing as well. BBC News termed domestic violence the silent killer because there was so much stigma and stereotypes um, that people were really afraid to come out about it. And I think that's definitely what you spoke about as well. And Natalie, earlier we talked about financial dependence, emotional codependence and things like that about reasons as to why people do feel trapped in these situations. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, sometimes... I think the victim thinks it's easier to stay where they can protect their family because the thought of, you know, breaking up and having to give your children to that person unsupervised every second week or every second weekend is scarier to them than, than staying with the offender. That's exactly right. And also at the same time, it's because of family, uh, family dynamic you know, the whole family, his family, your family. I mean, you don't want the family to involve because in, 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 in our culture, I'm, a, I'm from a, a Vietnamese culture background, and in our culture, and you have a domestic violence, your your parent would try to calm things down or your older sibling will come or your uncle and auntie will say, oh, he, he's, uh, he have too much to drink and he... he beat you up, it's okay, it's all right, I'll talk to him, it should be okay. Or your parent, no, 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 don't leave him, you know, I'll talk to him and everything will be all right. And that's where people don't report. Yeah, and it is a very confronting reality. So what's New South Wales Police, the government and all of these organisations doing about this? Well, that's where, when we take a report of domestic violence, it automatically gets referred to um, the women's Domestic Violence Court Advocacy Service and that's where then they refer these women to the services that, that they need. So if they needed housing, they could organise them for housing. So that's that's where it, once those services are in, involved, it, it gives the opportunity for the victim more of an opportunity. We also have, you know, the uh, women's refugees as well. So in a, in a worst scenario where we have to remove a family, uh, we can then put them into a women's refugees so that they can um, stay there for the workers uh, that support them and guide them through and get housing like Natalie mentioned. If we do want to get in contact with Ride Police or yourselves, how can we do that? Yeah, we have three police stations. Um, if you live, if you're resident within the Ride Police Area Command. We look after residents all the way from Duro down to Hunters Hill. Um, I've got a con. I've got three contacts um, number for the three police station. One at Glaceview, which is where we sit, where our office is, and there's another police station at Rye on Victoria Road, and there's another police station at Eastwood. We have a lot of information that have already translated into community languages. Information such as how to contact the police to domestic violence information, we call it fact sheets. Um, those are already in, in community languages, Chinese, Korean, Arabic, they're, they're like 24, 25, 26 languages, and it's already been translated. There, there's a Facebook that the New South Wales Police have, you just log on Force. get on there and the translate the material information, they're on that Facebook. Perfect, thank you so much, Chanta and Officers James and Natalie. Contacting the police and reporting crime. In an emergency, call 000 or the police assistance line 131 444 for reporting crime which does not require immediate police assistance.
and call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-333-000. Thank you for listening. I hope we've given you the information you need to seek help and an understanding of abuse and violence so that you can help others.